The Perfect Stress Podcast does not provide medical or nutritional advice, nor is it a substitute for medical or nutritional advice, and is not intended for the prevention, cure, or mitigation of any medical condition or disease. This podcast provides information only. Please consult a physician or nutritionist for advice. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Perfect Stress Podcast, where we walk that fine line between being productive and overdoing it and triggering stress-related symptoms. I'm Adam Darrow, your host and founder of My Stress Alarm. Just a quick update on the My Stress Alarm app. Everything is set up on the App Store for uh, iPhone and other Apple devices. So if you are interested in being a beta tester, just email me at adam at perfectstresscoaching.com and I can sure use the help. Very much appreciate it. Uh, basically, you just use the app for a week or so, however long you want, really, and report any bugs or and or give feedback. It would take two to five minutes a day, uh, depending on how thoroughly you want to test. That's up to you. You would need to download Apple's Test Flight app. It's called Test Flight. This is how all testing is done on the App Store. And um, to do that, your mobile device needs to have uh, iOS 13 or later. I think it's up to 15 now. So iOS 13 or later is the only stipulation. Now, if you're an Android user like I am, Sit tight because I've already submitted the app for review for full release, meaning once it's approved, hopefully, it will be available in the Google Play Store, just like any normal app, no strings attached, and it will cost $1.99, so not free, but definitely affordable, certainly compared to alternatives, and I guess I should talk about the alternatives because uh, there are a lot of alternatives out there. If you do a search on the App Store today for stress, if you just type in stress, you're going to get everything under the sun. Meditation apps uh, and guided breathing exercises, affirmations, special stress relieving games and other uh, stress relieving activities and relaxation techniques. You'll get emotion and mood tracking apps. There's also what they call stress assessment, which basically gauges your susceptibility of developing stress-related health issues. So this is more of a snapshot of your overall risk of eventually developing a chronic health issue related to stress. They do this a lot in corporate wellness programs. And you'll also get cognitive behavioral therapy type apps. So that's a lot to choose from. And then chronic stress monitoring and the My Stress Alarm app is now another option on top of those options. And all of these apps and techniques have benefits, of course, but they're better for certain situations than others. So it could be quite overwhelming to pick the one that's right for you. And it's quite possible uh, that you may benefit from from using two at the same time, depending on what it is. So the best way to explain how chronic stress monitoring and the My Stress Alarm app 
is different than these other alternatives is to, number one, explain who it's for, what chronic stress monitoring is, and how it works. And I've explained this in previous episodes, but uh, I figure now is a good kind of refresher. Um, And then I can get a little more specific in comparing it to other um, stress measuring type apps. Because if I go one by one explaining the difference for every type of app out there, I'll never finish. So if you are a hardworking, goal-oriented, ambitious, driven individual who also happens to experience stress-related symptoms, that could be in the form of autoimmune disorders, heartburn, tension headaches, irritable bowel syndrome, high blood pressure, depression, or anything else that you think might be stress-related, then chronic stress monitoring and the My Stress Alarm app is the right fit for you. So My Stress Alarm, it's based on my own unique brand of stress management called chronic stress monitoring in which you learn how your symptoms correlate with your stress levels and at what stress level you generally become symptomatic, what I call your stress threshold or threshold number. This way you can see roughly, it's not an exact science, but roughly how close you are to triggering symptoms on any given day. So each day you could decide what you want to do, either stick with your current workload and essentially take the risk or try to reduce your workload somehow or take other steps to reduce stress in an effort to stay under your threshold and avoid triggering symptoms. So think stress management for workaholics, for lack of a better word, but you definitely gain confidence because you're now making data-driven decisions. You're now able to take calculated risks rather than just blindly plugging away at your working goals, having no idea when your next flare is going to be. So to me, it's a game changer. I mean, at least it was for me because you're no longer in the dark. You're much more aware of how your decisions and thoughts around work affect your health, your productivity, and overall performance. So to get started, for anyone interested, you just download the My Stress Alarm app. Again, it's being reviewed right now for the Google Play Store. And crossing fingers, it should be available very soon. And it is uh, right now being tested in the Test Flight app. And again, if you're interested in being a beta tester, just let me know. It's adam at perfectstresscoaching.com. Would love to to have more help on the testing front there. So really appreciate that. It's Again, it's going to be uh, $1.99, so not free, but very affordable and very easy to use. So each day, typically in the morning, you just answer a couple questions about your rest and sleep, and then you can enter up the three symptoms you had, if any, since your last update. Again, that could be an autoimmune disorder, heartburn, blah, 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 blah. I've I've already listed them out. Um, But that's what we're doing here. We're tracking symptoms that are likely stress-related, okay? But that's it. Easy peasy. Shouldn't take more than a minute. With that data, the app measures and tracks your daily cumulative stress level. So basically, you get one stress score for the day, okay? Um, it also identifies your threshold number, which again is that stress level when you generally become symptomatic. And that number, by the way, will of course adjust over time as you continue to make your assessments each day and that data accumulates. And the app will warn you when you're approaching your threshold number 
So it goes from green to yellow to red, which is why I like to refer to it as a collision avoidance system for stress. It's very effective. Now, I've been talking with folks for years about chronic stress monitoring, and through those conversations, I have a pretty good idea of the at least initial concerns or questions that people may have. And so, you know, one of the things that or questions that come up, and this is where I can really start to compare my stress alarm with other kind of measuring type devices, but the the question kind of centers around the the basic foundation of the system, which is the stress scores. You know, uh, it all kind of hinges on those stress scores, right? And the, the, the question or concern sort of is, what is the scientific basis behind the stress scores? So um, the short answer is there is no scientific basis. It's based entirely on personal experience. But just so you understand, there is no universally accepted method for measuring stress. So it's not like measuring weight or temperature or distance, things like that. Now, having said that, I can think of a couple reasons off the top why the more quote-unquote scientific ways of measuring stress actually do not serve very well for purposes of identifying an individual's stress threshold number. So if you take like the, the biofeedback apps and the sensors and wearables and things of that nature, from a stress measuring standpoint, they can measure everything from muscle tension to vital signs, heart rate variability, blood flow, breathing patterns, temperature of your fingertips, all kinds of things, right? Well, they all lack context around the data they're collecting. So there's no real understanding of the root causes of spikes in stress. What decisions were made along the way that may have led up to the higher stress levels? They just identify the spikes and offer recommendations for lowering it, like guided breathing exercises or mindfulness, which are all good things. I'm personally, I'm getting more into meditation and and figuring out how it fits into my daily routine. So nothing against those things. However, woefully inadequate for this particular situation because it ignores how you got into this predicament in the first place. The intrinsic motivation in you, that natural, never-ending drive and ambition to achieve your goals, however difficult that may be, and how that sometimes competes with your need to rest. Now, by using data points that you have at least some control over, some decision-making, behavior is then baked into the scores and you have some context there. So if you think about it, when you go to bed, and, and how much rest you get during the day. You may not have a lot of control, but you probably have some control. And I can't emphasize enough how just a little, you know, little changes here and there can make a big difference. If you can rest 15 more minutes during the day, not even all at once, but it, you can't multitask resting. So it has to be really resting. And maybe if you can start getting ready for bed 15 minutes earlier than you normally do. A little here, a little there can make all the difference, okay? And even the quality of your sleep. You know, there's bedtime routines. There's things you can do to help improve your sleep. So I'd say you have some control there as well. 
Now, the other thing to keep in mind uh, with respect to those other stress measuring devices is that they're susceptible to factors other than stress too, right? I mean, there's a lot of things that can affect those measurements other than stress. So from a reliability standpoint, I think looking at stress as, as more of a function of behavior is a way to go. Now, again, you can't control everything. And, and I'm not saying that your behavior is totally impervious to outside factors either. For example, if you're experiencing extra pressure at work, maybe you're working on a high visibility project or something, that extra pressure could interfere with or make it more difficult for you to unwind in the evening. Another example, uh, you could have noisy neighbors. Your neighbor's dog could be barking up a storm on Saturday morning when you're trying to sleep in. It happens. But by and large, all in all, I believe a behavior-based metric is more reliable. And not just more reliable, but it's easier and it's cheaper. So again, take those uh, you know biofeedback apps and the sensors and the wearables. There's an upfront cost associated with those things. Could run you a lot of money, you know, depending on the hardware. If it uses those disposable electrodes, there's an additional cost as well. And that and that's ongoing. But with chronic stress monitoring, there's no need to remember to put anything on or take it with you, whatever it is. There's no batteries to charge. There's nothing to sync to a database. There's no privacy concerns as far as tracking your location or other extraneous data. Now, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of great uses for these biofeedback apps and wearables and such, but for stress management purposes, in my humble opinion, more trouble than they're worth. Now, the other thing that um, you know people might bring up, which is kind of the elephant in the room, maybe I, I should have started here first, but the elephant in the room, which is, is there really any value in just monitoring your chronic stress? Because you still have the stress, right? So what's the point of just monitoring it when you already know you have it? And this kind of reminds me of the LifeLock commercials. I don't know if they're still running, but they would always say, you know, how their competitors just monitor for ID theft. But if it actually happens to you, then you're on your own. So what's the point? So what I would say first is that just like pretty much any kind of journaling, chronic stress monitoring is therapeutic. Journaling in general is therapeutic. So I do think that there's some value there. But putting that aside, just having the ability to anticipate a flare, to anticipate symptoms, that mental preparedness, even if you can't do anything about it, just knowing it's coming helps. It really does help. And as far as not being able to do anything about it, People will say to me from time to time, you know, hey, Adam, you know, there's no wiggle room in my schedule. There's nothing I can do about it. Now, you know, I can see that there are times when we're stuck between a rock and a hard place, and it might make more sense to, to stick with your current workload and take the risk, even if the risk is high, that you're going to trigger symptoms. It's not ideal. It's a dilemma. And, you know, we can talk about uh, some of the situations that might be dilemmas. But here's the thing, if you can make time to see the doctor after you flare, if you can make time to get whatever treatments after you flare, if you can make time to rest after you flare, then you can certainly make some adjustments preemptively, which will undoubtedly be less painful, less expensive, 
and in general, cause less disruption to your life than going through an actual flare, right? And I have suggestions that I've offered on this podcast, and maybe I'll, I'll do that again uh, soon, that I like to offer for what you can do when you're approaching your threshold. But the great thing about chronic stress monitoring is that it allows you to target those adjustments more precisely to minimize disruption to your schedule. And I kind of go through some of those uh, examples in the explainer video, which I'll put the link to the explainer video as well in the show notes today. So to just wrap this up, if you are a ambitious, hardworking individual who struggles with stress-related health issues, I know personally how frustrating that can be. And it's kind of a, a vicious cycle of overworking and triggering symptoms, not on purpose, but you do end up triggering symptoms. And that takes your focus away from the very things, your, your goals and ambitions that motivated you to work harder in the first place. And then when you get well again, or you get you know back on your feet or whatever, and then you have more anxiety as time goes by that, you know, maybe you're, you know, you're not making enough progress on your goals, your, your, your goals are in jeopardy and you end up working even harder to uh, stay on pace or catch up and you trigger symptoms again and the cycle begins anew. And on top of that, you know, it's really frustrating because certain people along the way, unfortunately, will insinuate that, you know, you're not disciplined enough to put your health first or, you know, try to shame you into believing that your your priorities are all screwed up, which is not true. In fact, it's quite the opposite because your goals are very important to you, you know, and, and giving up on them is simply not an option. And, you know, we can get into, um, you know, kind of philosophical argument here about what, you know, what is the meaning of life and, you know, what's the point of just being healthy if, if you're not pursuing your goals or, or not pursuing them in a way that you think you can actually achieve them. And, and again, I've got gotten into that in uh, deeper in previous episodes as well. But, you know, to pursue your goals is, is a very admirable quality to have. You know, that unwavering drive and ambition. It, it's inspiring. So, um, and, and also I believe it's innate. It, it's part of you. you. You can't change that quality about yourself any more than you can make yourself taller. So to me, it would be a fool's errand to try to suppress that motivation even a little in order to make time for healthy habits. If you try to shoehorn particular habit into your routine, uh, it, it might work for a while, but when push comes to shove, if in a given week, for whatever reason, you fall behind and you know aren't able to work as much on your goals as you normally do and you're a little anxious about it, you're, you're probably going to skip the yoga or the meditation or whatever it is that you do in order to make up time on your goals. And inevitably that turns into two weeks and three weeks and you end up not sticking to the plan. So it's much more effective in my view to leverage that intrinsic motivation, to work with it rather than against it. So it doesn't have to be an either or proposition, right? Goals versus health. The key is is taking calculated risks and making data-driven decisions. And that's where chronic stress monitoring and the My Stress Alarm app comes in handy. Super easy to use, takes one minute a day, no wearables needed, no training needed, 
So if you're, you know, in this type of situation, you, you really do owe it to yourself to give it a try at one ninety nine, $1.99. You can't really, can't really lose. So on that note, I want to thank you all again so much for listening to this podcast. It really means a lot to me. I really appreciate the support. And as always, I really value your feedback. So, you know, please if, if feel free to post a comment on the Perfect Stress Facebook page or uh, always feel free to contact me directly at adam at perfectstresscoaching.com. Well, that's it for this week. Stay safe and wishing you good health and success. Have you ever felt like you pushed yourself so much that it actually affected your health, either physically or mentally? If you have an autoimmune disorder, heartburn, tension headaches, irritable bowel syndrome, high blood pressure, depression, or something else you think is stress-related, my stress alarm might be just the solution for you. It takes just a minute a day to use, and in no time you'll be walking that fine line between being productive and overdoing it and triggering stress-related symptoms. That's My Stress Alarm, available on both iOS and Android. No wearables or sensors needed. So why not give My Stress Alarm a try today? Anyway, thank you very much for tuning in. And if you'd like to get new episodes automatically, just click subscribe. Also, I'd be much obliged if you left a review or comment. Well, until next time, wishing you good health and success. And remember... Don't let stress get in the way of success.